0: This week on the Recruitment Flex, Talent.com lays off 25% of its workforce. We're looking for someone more junior. Is not the recommended way to reject a candidate. Do you know what you're asking for when you put entrepreneurial in the job ad and HR teams are doing a lot more recruitment? That's probably not a great thing. Shelley? You know how much I love programmatic advertising for recruitment. It saves so much time and effort in trying to figure out where I can get maximum exposure and value in advertising my jobs.
1: Yeah, for sure. It is a game changer. And you know who I love too is AppCast. They are the leading programmatic job advertising platform that helps you reach the right candidates fast.
0: Definitely. Appcast's advanced targeting and real time optimization technologies make sure that your job ads are seen by the most qualified candidate. Plus, they have a team of experts that's always there to support you and make sure you get the best results.
1: It's so true, right? Appcast has just got the nicest people on staff. They're just a pleasure to work with. And tracking your job's performance in real time is the other big plus. Being able to see exactly what's happening, what's driving the applications, where they're coming for. And at the end of the day, it's about making hires.
0: And where else can you expand your reach across 30,000 sites? Your candidates are everywhere online with AppCast. Your jobs will be too. So check them out at appcast.io. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Surge and Shelly. I'm Surge.
1: And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Shelly, do I have a 10 a little yes,
1: bit? Yes, you're definitely, you've got some great color in your face, but only on one side. What were you doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't notice that. I you're guess on one been... side of your face. <laughs> Yes. The sun is so heavy in Florida. The girls, well, they have the British skin, so they burnt so easily. As I have much darker skin and it takes a lot less, but I've never laddered on so much sunscreen. It was an exercise with the girls every like ten seconds. But Shelly, Yeah. So you had a great time. Welcome back. I had a great time.
1: Good. Good for you. And did you fly through Toronto? Just give us an update
0: on what the airports are like. Toronto is a mess. Uh, It's so confusing because I came in from the U.S. Then you do the whole process, lines everywhere, no one working at the line. So you don't know where you're going. I was so confused by it, but I had plenty of time. So no rush on my end, but I could see how frustrating. What I thought was really interesting. I went to a restaurant right next to my terminal and They had two workers. There was probably 40 people in the restaurant, and the two workers. God bless their soul. But this was probably their first job. They were definitely not experienced in any ways because they got oh, every no. order wrong, every bill wrong. Oh, uh, no. They forgot to take my order 20 minutes in and I'm like, is it coming soon? I'm very patient when it comes to that. Yeah. But also I have a flight to catch. And, and I think it kind of shares what the talent pools are looking at right now, especially in those types of jobs. So. Yeah, it's really tough to get good service. I could go on a rant of my WestJet flight. I'm not going to do that. But every airline just pisses me off to no end point. But I'll, uh, I'll tell the story one day. But yeah, I do okay, not leave Okay, happy save it my for turn. another day. How was Red Hot Chili Pepper?
1: It was great. It was great. I got to meet in real life, Lorinda, who's one of the Indeed reps that I do a lot of work with. So I got to meet her. We did a selfie. We were so close. Oh my gosh, we were so close. It was so amazing. And I will tell you, we did get attention from Mr. Anthony Kiedis. Sir, did you? They do. Yep, yeah, they do their encore, and then they always walk to the front of the stage, and always go from left to right. We were on the far right side. We we're right on the barricade. They're, you know, waving, thanking the crowd. And Brooke's there waving and he looks down at her, locks eyes with her, smiles at her, and waves and points at her.
0: <laughs> well,
1: she was so <laughs> Oh my goodness. It was such a moment. She was
0: like just awestruck. How old is Anthony?
1: He's my fifty nine, my age.
0: Because I was looking at pictures of him and he definitely looks like he's lived a rock star life. Like he looks well, rough at his age.
1: I would say, no, no. You might be thinking of Flea. The oh, he guitarist. looks
0: rougher, but Anthony oh, yeah. Kiedis looked he, fairly rough from the pictures I've seen. As Well, show. you
1: know, it was funny because at some point in the show, Anthony Kiedis always takes his shirt off, always. And so I turned around and there was a group of 30 guys th- that are in their 30s. And when Anthony Kiedis took a shirt off, so did all of they. Like, there was like two rows of shirtless guys dancing around. Isn't that like around. your
0: dream? So like, that's like the perfect scenario.
1: <laughs> wow. It was a lot of fun. It was really fun to be in the pit as well.
0: That is fantastic. Yeah, well, it was really fun. back to it, right? We're yes. back into the real yeah, back life. To reality. And- I hate being the bearer of bad news. Some of you might be aware or not talent.com. So I don't know Mm -hmm. if any of our listeners actually use talent.com, but hearing from insiders and then seeing LinkedIn posts of people that have lost their jobs that work for talent.com sharing that they're open for new work. It looks like they've laid off 25% of their workforce, which is around 80 people on the day a year ago. They receive $120 million in funding. A lot of the changes from what I'm hearing, again, these are coming from a source that would be pretty well connected. A lot of employees in Montreal, their main headquarters, mm-hmm. were laid off. That's all I know for now. Are you surprised by that, Shelley? I am, because I've heard like nothing
1: but positive about their growth. Their customers are happy with their product. They're kind of a darling over in Europe. I thought sales were going really well for them.
0: So yeah, I am surprised. Yeah, they're not really anything. They're a job arbitrage player, right? They buy and sell traffic. Job arbitrage, they don't, really have a core business, they buy and sell traffic. And how they get traffic is from their email alerts, which is usually jobs they've received from another player, say a Zip or Adzuna. They're reselling that particular job at a higher cost per click than they bought that job. I think the days of job arbitrage are coming to an end. I was surprised that 25% of the workforce is 80. So they're fairly lean. But I think they hired a little bit too much in the market where you're not getting a lot of dollars on cost per click from large tech firms. Yeah, I can see the revenue probably taking a pretty big hit.
1: Okay. Interesting. Well, I feel bad for them. Don't take any pleasure in seeing anyone lose their job.
0: No, absolutely not. And on that note, I was actually really surprised. I don't know if you saw the news that McDonald's is closing their corporate offices this week to prepare for a layoff.
1: That was wild, hey? Wait at home? What a way to do layoffs.
0: It kind of shows that remote layoffs are way easier than when you actually have people like coming into the office, right? Because that's what they're doing here. They're sending everyone home and they're going to lay off everyone remotely, which is probably a lot easier. My first thought was, when you think of recession, right? This is what we've been talking about. Hasn't happened. Will it happen? Still up in the air. But when a recession happens, companies like McDonald's, Walmart, dollar stores, like they make a killing because people, instead of going to fancy restaurants, go to McDonald's with their kids. So usually that business for people looking for lower cost options, it booms. I was a little bit shocked to hear there's around 150,000 corporate employees. But when I dug in deeper, that also includes the staff that work at their corporate stores. I think they have around 50,000 corporate employees that work at head offices across the world. I'm hearing rumors that Walmart is next, which in the competition for talent, did everyone just overhire and now they're straightening up? That could be the case.
1: Well, it was termed as more of a restructuring layoff. Yeah. So that usually means you're taking a hard look at the fact that you've got maybe five people doing the same job. I think what happens over time, especially with big corporate is you keep adding and until there's any reason to pause, and sometimes you don't need a reason to pause, but to take a look at just how many people do you have doing a job that perhaps technology and automation can fix or do for you. So not surprising because McDonald's have been really innovative to try different technologies at the storefront level. So it would make sense that they probably have been looking at or implementing technologies that could mean it is time to restructure and take a look at where we have redundancies or if we can't upskill people, then I mean, the last resort should be layoffs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See when we get the final news, which should be this week of how many layoffs we'll talk quickly, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting.
1: Something that I, an article that I caught that I thought this is so true and it is on the same theme of what we were just talking about is perhaps it's time to, you know, take a good look at how you are structured, but there was a really interesting article that talked about job titles And when you think about a job title like Chief Information Officer, does that really quantify what a Chief Information Officer does? That title has been around for. God, what, 25 years? Just think of the changes in technology. I think it's just a little outdated. And same thing with the chief human resource officer. I did a little digging and I was like, what else could you call it? Or what is the current trends in HR? And I don't know if you've heard, you you probably have come across people who call themselves chief people and talent, chief talent officer. It's a bit of a crossover. A CTO is chief technology officer too. But I don't know, are you seeing any trends about what we're calling ourselves in HR?
0: When it comes to HR, like we've seen people in culture become mm, uh, a big title or what the departments are called. I disagree. I don't think culture should be in HR or classifying in HR. Then if we look at chief people officer, Well, there's also chief product officer, which is a very common role in most tech companies or uh, companies that build new products. So does that really fit into it as well? Keep it the CHRO. I know what that
1: means. Yeah, I agree, though. I have heard more commonly adding culture into that role, like that they're in charge of culture. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really don't agree with that, but I used to agree with it, but I don't. What's the tip of the week, Shelly?
1: The tip of the week. I wanted to share an article that was recently published in the employer handbook that talked about age discrimination and the employee did successfully win. It's always a tough thing to do when you're trying to prove age discrimination. But the one thing it came down to was how the recruiter explained to the candidate who was unsuccessful why they didn't get the role. and. So the tip of the week is for us to be very conscious of our language and what we're saying to job seekers when we are declining them, because the words that this recruiter used was they were looking for someone with less experience, when in fact, just simply saying we went with a different candidate, because the case was proven on the fact that this was a more senior candidate who had the skills to do the job yet they admitted they were looking for somebody younger. That's really what it came down to, was they were looking for somebody younger. It's because of how the recruiter debriefed with the job seeker.
0: This is where I hate when like candidates want feedback, and sometimes they don't understand how challenging that could be. Using something that we went with another candidate, I know it's general, but it will protect you. I think our responsibility as recruiters is giving them the yes or no that they're moving forward, right? That's what candidates are looking for so they can move on to the next step, not waste their time thinking about it. That is the tip of the week. Be not vague, but be careful in how you're rejecting candidates.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Serge. So let's go into our recruiting insights. I think it was Elena Valentine said it best. The old saying of there's a lid for every pot. And what I found here was an article that talked about not everybody wants fast-paced, exciting companies, certainly with all the layoffs, tech companies were always the big attraction that you want to work for this technology firm that's going to solve a big problem in the world, when in fact, the research showed that 28% of people would prefer just a good old-fashioned, plain, dependable employer, where you've got clear roles, responsibilities, just a stable work environment. The interesting thing is that we all tend to think that job seekers want fun, friendly pool tables, foosball tables, when in fact, some of them do. But when you've got a third of your job seekers that, you know what, I'm fine working for just a good financially stable organization, because there's a lot of appeal in that, right? Rather than always trying to zhuzh up what your culture is to attract candidates, you could actually be turning off people that would be the best fit. That's what they want. Working for the post office or McDonald's corporate office. It doesn't always have
0: to be that fast-paced, exciting culture. Were you surprised by this search? No, I, I'm not at all. Actually, I would think that the number is a little bit higher, but it goes exactly mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. type of conversations that we have with James Ellis all the time of really finding out what the core of your business is. What is that value proposition? And if you are, say, a government or you're a big corporation, like those types of roles when you're ju what's the word you use, zhuzh. it up too much? It's like you're not giving a clear reality of what the job Mm -hmm. actually is, and you're potentially turning off the right candidate. Because, think about it like, there's no way that I want to go work for the post office. That's just not my interest. Like, going to work, Mm -hmm. doing the same thing nine to five, and I'm sure it's a great job. So, I'm not putting it down, but just giving an example of myself. Yeah. But there is plenty. There's 30% of the population that would be very attractive. So great benefits. They know what their day looks like. Really figuring out what the employees that do really well in that organization, what is that value proposition for them for most organizations if they know exactly the type of employee they're trying to recruit and putting their recruitment marketing and their branding around that, they're going to have a ton more success than trying to make it sexy when the job is actually not sexy. And that employee yeah. doesn't care it's sexy. Yeah,
1: exactly. There's a lot to be said about just predictable, stable type of industries. Yeah. So good reminder that you know not everything has to be new, shiny, and fast.
0: No, and and you look at the value proposition and they listed it really well here. You can put clear expectations of what your days are Mm -hmm. going to look like. That is a value proposition. Stability and job security. Who's not looking for that as well? For Mm -hmm. some people, that might be the most critical thing. If you are a startup with 10 employees and you're doing 20 different roles, that might be a completely different story. And that really segues into Mm -hmm. our next topic because one of the Mm -hmm. things that we see in a lot of job ads is must be entrepreneurial. There's not many entrepreneurs. You think about it, what is the population of entrepreneurs in the world? 3%, 4% is a very small portion of the general population, right? So if you're putting entrepreneurial, are you really going after the right person? This article was really interesting because it really tried to define who is successful as an entrepreneur they classified four different things that i want to go through because a lot of recruiters are entrepreneurial would you agree with that Shelley? they have
1: some of the characteristics i would say recruiters are more like sales yeah. than they are anything else so this article really opened up my eyes too around what are some of the characteristics like when you're asking in a job posting that somebody be entrepreneurial in spirit well, let's peel that back a bit. What are some of the common characteristics of someone who's entrepreneurial? And is it really something you want in your culture?
0: Yeah, this research it's a little bit older, but I think this is something that's evergreen in the sense that the traits of an entrepreneur haven't really changed. And it really kind of aligns with the people that I know that are successful entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. One, they were teenage vandals. And what they mean by that (laughs) is they showed a lot of behaviors that was breaking the rules. Like they question all the rules. Sometimes if they don't believe in that law, they'll break that law. It's just how their mindset works. Like why not test the limits? I know this sounds weird, but the best entrepreneurs are actually drug dealers drug dealers are fantastic entrepreneurs think about it Mm -hmm. like they understand supply and demand like no one's business pricing i know entrepreneurs that are very successful right now they were the drug dealers of my early years and now they're successful entrepreneurs so one of it was showing rule breaking behaviors at an hmm. early age, is risk a really good sign. Too, yeah. yeah, risk takers in that mm-hmm. sense. The other one was generalists. They are interested in a lot of different things and their knowledge is very broad, which an entrepreneur, especially of a startup, Shelly, you know this, like when you mm-hmm. start your business, you gotta know everything from finance to sales to marketing to accounting to legal. Yeah. You've got to know a little bit of everything to be successful, right?
1: Yes, you do. And I can really relate to that. I mean, you've still got to have a core expertise in something. But what most people don't realize, especially when you're going to go out and hang out your own shingle or start your own company, is you have absolutely no idea just how vast your knowledge has to be. And not that you have to go out and get that knowledge, you can surround yourself with other entrepreneurs, if that's the route you're going to take. Most people, I think, that start up their own company, within a year or so, they're like, oh, God, no way. They just can't make a living because there's so many other things that take you away from whatever it is you're doing to make money. Now on the topic of money, another one that really caught my eye in this research was the fact that most entrepreneurs are undercompensated. Mm -hmm. I remember so clearly thinking, will there ever be a day where I will be okay with the fact that the person beside me who works to 51% of their job gets paid the same amount that I do? Being in corporate, that was probably the thing that irked me the most. Or these decisions being made about performance bonuses when I know I delivered probably three or four times more, and someone else was also given the equal amount of performance incentive that I was, it just really irked me. The other thing, too, this article points out under this category of being undercompensated, it really explained for me the first time why so many immigrants often turn to being an entrepreneur, starting their own business, because the country you left, you probably were pretty well established if you could afford to move to a new country. But they are very often more open to taking the risk because all that they're offered are lower paying jobs. They're just being underestimated. And that really made sense to me.
0: You know, that was a light bulb moment for me. When I read that, it makes a lot of sense because you are right. A lot of entrepreneurs are recent immigrants to the country and they Mm -hmm. are undervalued and underestimated in the workforce, and we see them creating their own business. I think it's the case that we see a lot of franchise owners here in Canada. Mm -hmm. They're generally immigrants to the country. They're Mm -hmm. not getting the right job, so they kind of buy into their own job, and they're usually very successful, end up buying several different franchises and growing it. To bookend this, I think when we put entrepreneurial – In our job ads, we really have to understand what that means. First of all, is your organization willing to work with the entrepreneurial spirit? Because many entrepreneurs that I know are horrible employees, hence the reason that they're entrepreneurs. I'll give the example of my CEO. He's an entrepreneur because he hated working for anyone. He was probably a horrible employee because... He wanted to do his own thing. So Eve, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not <laughs> a horrible employee, but, but I can But you make see a great you. leader. You make a great leader, exactly.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: I want to jump into the next recruitment insight, Shelley. I was reading an article and I thought it was fascinating to see what the potential impacts of what's happening with a lot of people in the TA functions being laid off, right? I'm seeing mm-hmm. a lot of organizations just handing over recruitment to HR and laying off their talent acquisition department. And if the people working in the department are getting laid off, the leader is getting laid off as well. So this research by McLean's and company says that HR teams are spending 25% more time on talent acquisition. First of all, I'm not surprised by that because if you have someone that's really good and loves doing the job, it's going to go a lot faster and they're going to be a lot more efficient compared to having people that are working in HR and doing this on the side of their desk, which we're seeing quite a bit. Any key points that you saw? There's a couple of things
1: that I would point to, and this article really confirms. Just this time last year, HR departments are spending more than 25% for last year, 25% of their time, doing talent acquisition functions. Now, when you layer on changing candidate behavior, candidate ghosting, and let's layer on a decrease in the number of applicants that you have to choose from for job openings. These two factors combined, if you've got an HR department who's, as you say, they've got other responsibilities. Talent acquisition recruitment is only part of their job. When you layer in the fact that we know that there are things you can do to reduce candidate ghosting and increase quality of applicants to your job openings. But when you toss that over to an HR generalist or your HR business partner, it's going to crush them. Yeah. It really will. And so I think this article was really timely because we've got certain industry sectors that are laying off talent acquisition. And it might be a good time for other industries to start taking a look of how to build your own TA structure. If you begin with the end in mind as far as their activities, what are the outcomes, what are the deliverables, make sure that you start with what is the goal. So if the goal is, for example, to increase quality of applicants per job opening so that you have at least some inbound candidates. If that is the goal, then that's what should dictate how you structure your TA team and what activities that they should be focusing on.
0: You want to add to that? Yeah, no, I you think you on the nailed same it. track. I think one of the challenges that we see with HR, or even talent acquisition, working with the stakeholders, generally the hiring managers is There's not an alignment of what the goal is, right? Are you looking Mm -hmm. for more candidates? Are you looking for better qualified applicants? Are you looking to do interviews all in one day? Like really Mm -hmm. creating that structure around what works for the stakeholders and what works for the organizations to meet that end goal. But it kind of goes to the next point too is how are you going to support talent acquisition? How are you going to support recruitment? Because what's happening right now is like here – Recruitment coordinator or junior HR person, you're going to recruit. We're going to post the jobs everywhere and candidates are going to come in and you're going to look at them and you're going to send them to the hiring manager and the hiring manager is going to tell you these candidates are awful. Send me better candidates. We're not educating the hiring managers of what the market looks like. And this is where a really good recruiter can be like, okay, you're looking for this and this. Do you know there's four of these in all of Canada, all Mm -hmm. in the US. Mm -hmm. So if we remove this part of the job ad, would you consider these candidates, if they have that particular skill or that aptitude, would you interview? This is where the big difference of knowing what your job is of how much more efficient you can be. With that, you need to determine what the roles are. Do you need a sourcer? Do you need a coordinator? How many recruiters do you need? If you're not going to do that, HR is going to do it. How much time are they going to dedicate to recruitment? You got to create that structure across the board. The last point is when you're creating that structure. How do you get everyone on board? How do you communicate what that looks like? Mm Because I think a lot of hiring managers react the way they do because they just don't know. Like, oh, so this is our plan and this is why we're doing this. Okay, that makes sense because for them, they think it's just we're posting a job and you're looking at resumes, you're sending me over and that's what recruitment is. It's the easiest job in the world. You're not communicating exactly what the process you're going through and how well you're doing. Are you hiring people in 10 days? Are you hiring people in 30 days? Is it costing you 7000 a roll? Is it costing you $500 a roll? Is there a lack of people in that particular section? These are all things we need to be communicating to the business all the time.
1: Yes, that's a really key point is that we need to constantly reinforce it because if all the operations or the leaders have ever been used to is the administration of recruitment. That is post a job resume comes in, send over the resume, then they don't see value, right? Like they do still believe that this is, it's purely an administrative function that is at the lowest level of HR. If you've put the structure together, you have built a plan to elevate what recruitment does as your partner, as part of the business, not just the administrator that posts the job. Because that's their perception. If you're going to go all in here and actually design a talent acquisition structure, get all the authorizations, get everybody on board, and then fail to bring it to your business leaders in a way that they are like, well,
0: Thank goodness, we actually have a plan. And we can't expect someone in HR to do that on the side of their desk. If we're going to have a 49% increase in candidate ghosting and a 57% decrease in applications for job openings, how are we expecting people mm-hmm. without the tools to be able to be successful? Do you want to go to our last recruitment insight?
1: Yes. Thank you, Serge, because I did want to end on a positive note and not all just negative and doom and gloom, because our friends down under are really big fans of an Australian-based company called Canva. Yeah. And there was a really good article, this is the local Australian news, because they're the one tech firm that is not doing layoffs. I think there's something to actually stand up and say, not everybody in the tech sector has to follow suit with, well, if Twitter can do it with 850 people, why do we have so many? Canva, on the other hand, is actually doing just the opposite. They have been very steady in their hiring. They've been very sure that they hire the right people that can add value in more than just a single area of the business. And they're coming out to say, we're not going to do what everyone else is doing because we don't have to. Big round of applause to Canva for doing it right
0: yeah i think it's great i'm not 100 percent sure that it's completely fair because canva is profitable a lot of companies that have to do layoffs, especially in the tech sector is they're not profitable and then suddenly with interest rates hiking a lot of pressure comes like money is no longer free so now you actually have to make money mm-hmm. to be successful and They really have no choice. Like McDonald's might be a good example. Could they restructure instead of laying off those people? Could they move them into other roles that would bring a lot more value? I think it's definitely something you have to look at. I think where Canvas did a really good job is they were way more intentional in their hiring. That's the point, yeah. Yeah, way sure. more intentional so they can move these people around. They didn't hire like Meta that just hired people in more talent hoarding. That wasn't the case with Canvas at all. So good on them.
1: Yes. Bravo Thanks. for Canva.
0: Well, Shelly, another Search. fantastic episode. I Thank know you, you have a flat tire you need to go take care of. So <laughs> good luck with that. Well, I have good news. <laughs> <laughs> And the tire has been repaired
1: already, just even while we speak. Oh, and God yeah, bless my oldest boy, Chandler, to the Love rescue. Love it.
0: Chandler <laughs> to the rescue. All right, Shelly, have a great week.
1: Thanks, Serge. Bye.
0: Shelly, let's face it, texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today.
1: txt.com mention the recruitment flex and get 10% off annual plans The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, "Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls-Royce to get advice from those who take the subway."